Welcome to the Diasporadicals Podcast. This is not enough. We are African millennials getting together to discuss our lives and experiences as expats living in the UK. What's your name? I am Noma Jean. I used to go by Billie Jean. And I'm still not your average. Just your name. I am ranting Ria. Mm. I'm sometimes random, and I still have a lot to complain about. I still have a lot to complain about. Welcome to the Diasporadicals podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we have a guest. But before I get into that, I want to plant a little seed in your heads. Um, it will be about what we're talking about today. We're talking about... How are black people doing? Mm-hmm. Are we okay? Are we uh, still feeling left behind when it comes to progress? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Resounding yes. And, and not, no, no hesitation. Think about that too much. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's not fun. Anywho, so uh, joining us today is the fantabulous lyricist producer. What else do you do? Joe, Joe. They call me the poet. The poet. Architect. Architect. The maestro in general. Hey. Hey. Maestro. That's I like that one. You sound learned. (laughs) (laughs) He read books. Uh, Went to school though. It is cool. Uh, uh-huh. Well, and uh, the wonderful smooth voice you've just heard is our guest, Ozzy. So welcome to the podcast, Ozzy. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good to be here. From all the way from Australia. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, if, down under. Down under. What's it like today? Today, it's it's brighter. Yesterday, was it's been raining like crazy here. And... Yeah. The general state of the land is not favored by the ancestors. (laughs) How so? How so? (laughs) You know, you know, they they rule the land. So when you disorganize the ancestors and the people on the land, Uh also the land will retaliate. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening now. People are being flooded. They're what? A lot of things, fires here, left, right, center, mm-hmm. COVID, adjusting people. Yeah. Yeah. What a time to be alive. But um, we're here. And like you like to say all the time, we move. Speaking <sighs> of moving, are we moving as black people? Are we moving forward? Are we progressing? And to kick us off, I'm just going to talk. Well, I'm just going to ask a, a question for everybody in the virtual room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start by looking at things historically. Do you guys have any thoughts around historically what we have done in terms of progress? Now, you can go into any African culture. You can go into any place in the timeline. Have we made an impact in history? Do we have some amazing milestones we've reached? What are your thoughts? Ria? I feel that we didn't even reach milestones. Oh, uh-oh. We built the damn foundation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was that, what was that? Was that a fist pump? Was that a, what was that? Yeah, that was, yes. Look at that. Validating you, my dear. You know? Okay. You know? We built the foundations. We built the whole foundations, you know, mm-hmm. of 
especially I'll speak specifically about African history. It has been erased and it has been whitewashed mm-hmm. majorly. But with time, people have, have learned that Africans have made major, major contributions to yeah. not just the history of the continent itself, but they have lent a lot of knowledge mm. and culture and tradition and flavor to the rest of the world. So mm. Flavor, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and that's something we're probably still continuing to do, mm. but it was probably trampled on. Mm-hmm. When, when I say we built the foundations, I talk about things like contributions to modern agriculture, like having uh, irrigation systems. Mm-hmm. Those are things because agriculture is the basis for a lot of humanity and thriving of humanity around the world. So a lot of irrigation systems actually began somewhere in Africa. I can't remember where. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Egypt yeah. had a, a good, remember what, they used to have these offshoots from the Nile, no? So they yeah, had basically, some pretty yeah, yeah, that's what I had in mind. Stuff like that. Ozzy, uh, you mentioned Kush. Yes, yes. So much of those um, irrigation systems that stemmed into what was eventually Egypt initially originated from the, uh, what they call Port Sudan, which is one of like the greatest agricultural regions in modern day Sudan at the time, which was the land of the Kushites. And they exchanged a lot of their knowledge with the Egyptians, especially with irrigation mm. and how to find water, how to survive in the Sahara Desert and all these aspects. So the Kushites really propelled their agriculture because they had the resources. And so basically because of the, the climate of the regions, you could see that it originated from somewhere and then they taught those further up north who weren't really well-versed with the techniques. Makes sense. Hey, education, take us to school. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said you're learning. Hey, Nancy. <laughs> you read your yes books. Or no. <laughs> hey, we have to drill ourselves, you know. It's true. It's true. That's it. That's it. We're very educated. I love That's that. True. I love that. You know, yeah. That was the first point I was making. Another mm-hmm. great contribution, mm-hmm. you know, um, was the Africans' ability to navigate using the stars, mm-hmm. which was the foundation of actually modern astrology, as much as a lot of people hate to admit it and like to attribute it to, I don't know, the Greeks, the whatever. Yeah, I think other cultures did have their own versions yeah. that came up later. Mm. But the modern astrology we know today actually stemmed from Africa. Mm. Interesting. That's a number two. You know, yeah. I'm talking of some of the greatest contributions. This, I'm, not, I'm not able to list all of them today, but I'm talking about things we still use today that still matter. Okay. I'll add one. I mean, we already talked about this in a previous episode. Mm. It might be a lie. So I'm just going to say it for banter. Mm-hmm. We taught people how to wash their bodies properly. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Which lie? This is the truth. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, there's uh, some question marks. But anyway, 
We know how to wash. Whether or not people are learning, that's not our problem, but we know how to wash. <laughs> Hygiene practices. Hygiene practices. Not oh, to yeah. say everybody's perfect, but culturally we do have standards around these things. Which was going to lead me just to add on to that, mm-hmm. to the fact that we were among, if not the first, to develop sewage systems. Oh, Yeah. That was at the time while Europeans were throwing their shit in pots out of windows. Mm-hmm. We That's where the latrines. Mm-hmm. Nasty. Yeah. Nasty. By the time you have to teach someone how to dig a hole in the ground. Yeah. It's a done deal for them. <laughs> Do you know what I was just thinking about? In the context of the U.S., what was her name? That lady who built like a hair empire with Alexa or whatever. CJ Walker, yeah. her and other people, you know, other black people, black inventors of things, doing amazing things. And a lot of people talk about, oh, white people contributed to technology, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, I think we do not have a good job of acknowledging black people who have historically, or even Africans who have historically made such contributions. Mm-hmm. We're just bad at it. That's the problem. It's not that they don't exist. We're just bad at that. I think in general, we've not been good at recording our history outside of orally. So it gets lost quite a bit. I beg to differ about Yeah, that. likewise, likewise. I think that we have. It's just that a lot of it has been manipulated. Or destroyed. Or destroyed, yeah. especially when you look at the, the, the written, you know, we, we invented paper. Mm. Papyrus, man. Papyrus. So it's it's quite intriguing that they would claim that a large part of our history somehow just was forgotten or left mm. somehow. But mm. really, we're looking at it like you know. I was talking. I was um, listening to something the other day by uh, Louis Farrakhan, and it was on that same point about the way that history has been told in a sense that black people themselves are being forced to forget their own history. They don't want to learn it. So you don't need to force someone anymore to distance themselves from their own historical knowledge. You just have to, in a sense, make one more appealing. Mm, true. And one of the most important aspects of how we were able to forget our history started from similar to what we're just talking about the ancient Egyptians. Yes. You know, when they started to to teach the world that the ancient Egyptians were a white race, that this was the beginning of civilization and they were white. Look, people completely lost their bearing because then they could put the white race 2,400 years earlier than when it was actually starting to be civilized. So, yeah. As people happened in that gap. Yeah. What was yeah. So, so if you can't see yourself in that picture of that history. Exactly. Then you can't really claim it. And yeah. just to add to that, I mean, because, you know, most people, when they think of, oh, Africa had no written culture or written histories, they only usually refer to, oh, yeah, there's uh, the hieroglyphics from Egypt. That is it. Yeah, but then little do they know about just below Egypt, the Kushites communicated in Meroitic, which was a language. Exactly. And then other languages were the Jiz. I don't. I'm butchering the name, but it was a Jiz script in Ethiopia, Mm. Mm. Ghana as well. 
in CBD in Ni- Nigeria. Yep. The Adrinka in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And there was Tifnach of the Torek people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can you say we have no written history? We do. But obviously you had the likes of uh, Alexander the Great and Napoleon who came in and had small man syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and were like, you know what? Delete, annihilate, erase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I think my point was that we have a bad record. Or rather, we have a bad record of recording our history. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're very right. There has been recorded history. I mean, Mali is a good example, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into that. And, you know, because a lot of cultures pass things down orally. And there's now been a huge departure from that, from even sharing stories and storytelling, which is which is an essential part of African life. Mm-hmm. Now we turn to books, et cetera, et cetera. We don't... We don't speak to, people don't speak to their children about this. But anyway, whole other topic. Just, I I guess, coming off of that, maybe we should just take a break now. Yeah. Jarrell. This is history. This is his story. This is history. get back to it. So we were talking about some milestones that Black African people have done, have hit in the past, and some of the, I guess, progress we've made. We spoke a bit about Kushites, a little bit about Egypt. And now I'm going to ask a question. What do you think historically maybe put some, put the brakes on, (laughs) on progress? And progress here, I'm defining it loosely, and we're really thinking about I guess not just economic progress, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the time people talk about the racists. Let me be clear. Talk about how oh Africans didn't, you know, they were uncivilized. And what's the one they like to use? Oh, the, oh they're living in mud huts. Uh huh. Let me. I'm not an architect, but let me say this: mud huts are great for the environment. They're temporary. Yeah. They're really good for that kind of um, climate. And like, then they're not expensive to build, and they smell good if you do them well. They smell good. So, what's not to like? Here in London, people are struggling for a six hundred thousand pound house that is useless and small. Do you know, Jean? There are some mud huts which have sustained longer than those houses there. Mm. This is the thing. This is the thing. And you know what I liked is like when they add a layer, maybe a year later, I don't know, it's just some tradition mm-hmm. where I come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks so nice and they have this like ceremony around it. I was just like, this is really nice. And people coming together to do it together, you know? And I'm just yeah. like, shit is actually good. <laughs> it yes. works. It does the job, man. Yeah. And they look nice. And it's, it's climatic, you know? It when is. They use, the, they use even the cow down. Exactly. So the process, they have the, the internal framing, which is made, they use some bamboo at times. Mm-hmm. When they have the plastering of the dung, mm-hmm. 
they can use it as a stack because it allows some air to pass through. Mm. And this That's dope. Yeah. yeah, look at that. So in the hot in the hot season, it cools you down. In the That's cold it. season, you're warmer inside. That plaster they put on the walls, it can also help as a deterrent for insects. So for vermin control. Hmm, so that scent itself has its benefit. Uh, <laughs> yes, so mud huts are an amazing invention. Zero carbon emissions, etc., etc. So <laughs> when they tell you all this crap about progress, nye, 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 and mud huts, I'm just like, mud huts, they're better. Is my answer. They're just better. Name one wrong thing about a mud hut. Oh. I can't even think. What's wrong with them? You know, it, they have the, the challenge that I'm seeing now is that there's a need to progress that in itself, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because when we talk about what halted the progress, there was a point in which we kind of stopped believing in our own design etiquette, in our own styles mm-hmm. of how we choose to express things and mm-hmm. started to adopt more Western, only not only materials, but techniques okay. um, in the form of mass production. And so the, the, the whole point was to produce fast at a fast pace. Mm. And in doing that, we kind of strayed away from what our style was, because mm. in the past, you had structures that would even help tribes locate each other. Huh? So, yeah. So you could actually tell what tribe it is, whether it's a hostile tribe or whether it's an inviting tribe, what their methods of, of, of living are based on just the structure of their, of their homes. Oh, that's cool. I'm going, to look up. I'm going to look that up, actually. That sounds really cool. Mm. So where did this come from? Don't come around my yard. <laughs> it's hint. Enough, you know? <laughs> you know? This is how I show you, like, you do not approach. Oh, hey, mm, approach. Wow. You know? Aye, that's and dope. So, I should find the hostile one design. Yeah. I should find that one. I don't like, you know, having too many guests. So maybe. That's it. And then I'm going to That's what we even we look at today. Some people call it privacy but in the western world it's kind of like how you can segregate different plots and have the um the connotation that you're not welcome here this is a closed area this is a closed sector hey so we don't say do not no uh, we put trespass electric fencing exactly. electric fencing we put barbed exactly. wire you don't need to say that you know that it's just it's, it's no need for signage mm-hmm. no because we also know people don't read signs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. It's true. It's true. No, but then, you know, how did you guys describe it when you said breaking down of the progress or something? Yeah, yeah. I think I'd use another word. I think the word I would use was the progress was actually interrupted. Exactly. For me, is a better word. I mean, interrupted implies we will at some point go back. Of course. And that's where you get away. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because I feel like had colonizers not arrived, had slavery, colonization, and basically pillaging 
the continent hadn't happened, I don't know. I, it's even actually almost impossible for me to imagine what Africa might be like today. I mean, if it be if it means being naked and running around in mud huts, I'm good with that, man. That doesn't sound as stressful. Mm-hmm. It's not also expensive. Sounds like yeah. a good life, a healthy life. <laughs> yeah, think about a life where everyone is 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 thriving. You know, the farmers yeah. able to make their their own dues. You know, the the tailors are able to create for people because we're able to create that civilization based on those three basic human needs. Mm. You know, when you look at clothing, we we stripped the bark off the trees and we beat it and we created clothing. Mm. That's how um, the Baganda in Uganda were able to progress their civilization. Mm. Before the British came, we had roads, we had systems already in place. So this interruption, mm-hmm. uh, we know by who, because we were trading with other peoples and didn't experience the same kind of interruption, right? That is very true. So, the, so, the, so these particular people came by and what impact do you think that had on us? First of all, I would say that they came in with a superiority complex. Mm-hmm with the whole idea of we are here to bring you, to civilize you, which is mm-hmm. the biggest, I, I don't know. Who asked you? Who insulting. Who asked it's you? Like, who brought you here, right? Where's your and, passport? Uh, Where's your visa? And, and they used that, the, you know, they used also the guise of them being guided or sent by quote-unquote God to impose their religions upon us. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest disruptions it brought was the disruptions to the economies that had already been thriving. Not many people know that whilst Europe had to go through a Stone Age, then a Bronze Age, then a whatever age, Industrial Age, people don't really know that Africa never actually went through a Stone Age. We went straight to the Bronze Age. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Like in places Why is that? like ac- across different cultures across Africa, like for instance, in Western Uganda, they were known for iron mining. So they would mine iron and they'd use that to trade with other Africans, uh, Arabs, Indians, even Chinese. Mm-hmm. Iron went all the way that way. So I didn't know about that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. So so they had their own trade routes established already. Mm-hmm. Which were again, I say, interrupted. So this interruption, like mm-hmm. my, I guess, going back to my question, is like, what impact did it actually have on people? What did it have have on our progress and how we see ourselves? It stunted it. Uh, yeah, I think in a sense it equipped us with an, a new paradigm. It was no longer that we had that free reign to easily create those links. The concept of free trade wasn't a thing. But if we look at what's happening now, I think we go back to that sense of we're veering back onto the right path because only recently they passed a bill that allows Africans to have free trade around all the countries. Mm -hmm. Now, the challenge that we're having in that sense now is that it's impacted by war. It's impacted by blockades. So even if you do have that free trade, you can't physically get there. You can't physically, you know, pursue that. 
And so once again, it locks down the countries individually. What's going on in East Africa is positive with the East African Union. Before it was a lot more challenging. You had, you had issues between Uganda and Tanzania, between Ethiopia and Sudan, which is still manifesting now, but we'll get into that later and how it's, it's really changing the way people are thinking. So I think that in the leadership structure itself, there needs to be a unification of those that regardless of how long they've been in there or what they're doing in their in their land, those people need to be taken out and put made to be responsible for enabling that free trade around the entirety of mm-hmm. Africa. And just to add add to that, I think mm-hmm. it's basically what we're trying to do is reverse the effect of the Berlin conference. Are you guys aware mm-hmm. of that? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Very much so. Yeah. So the Berlin conference was in eighteen eighty five. Yeah. When European leaders sat down, and I think we've actually talked about this in our first episode. Yeah. You know, where white men drew lines on a map and said, This is ours, that's yours. You know, and while they were drawing those lines, they were effectively splitting even almost the same tribe into two or three or four parts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they were effectively splitting one people into having different. I don't know if loyalty yeah, is the right word, but mm-hmm. that is one of the reasons for a lot of the wars you were talking about earlier, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like there's two layers. There is one that the scramble for Africa or whatever, the whole putting mm-hmm. a bunch of unrelated people together and they look at each other like, huh? We're the same thing? Oh, I don't even know you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even speak yeah. the same language. And then the other side of it is that if Africa was to join the Western world and this system that we're in without that kind of interruption, there would be some level of conflict, I assume. I I totally believe. Because we're talking about resources, right? Mm -hmm. I I do think there would be that, but I think the difference would be one thing is when it's on your own terms and the whole other thing when it's being imposed on you. Mm -hmm. It comes down to the culture, you know, when, when you strip away all of these so-called differences and you boil down to the, like, what, what is our tradition? How do we live? You can see so much, so many more similarities between people. And so what the leadership structure needs to pass down is that essence that look at how we treat each other. Look at how we live today. There is a relationship between us that bonds us beyond any other aspect. And it's up to us. It's up to us to share that, to be so unique in sharing who we are, in, 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 in being true to ourselves, that those similarities start to make even more sense when we're together, when we're in one space. Mm, I agree. And I think to me, one big example of that, at least on the African continent, I mean, I'll precede that by saying, first of all, as much as we have are all, all our similarities across Africa. It's the second biggest continent on the planet, and it's very, very, very diverse. So even with that diversity that existed, there was some sort of understanding. You know, yes, let's not completely romanticize it. People did yeah. have wars and people did fight each other, you know, and did take hostages from each other's tribes and stuff. Yeah. But on a whole, there was... 
some code of conduct. Oh, yes. Let's say. And bring it forward to modern day, I think one country that I've been very impressed by in trying to rebuild that sense of unity has been Rwanda. Mm, Definitely. If you look at how it has recovered from the genocide, I wouldn't say completely recovered, how it has built itself up and how that, that spirit of, for lack of a better word, Ubuntu. Oh, yeah. That's the best one. Started, brought people <laughs> back together to say, you know what, let's get together to build our country up again. And more importantly, its leader who is standing up to Western leaders and saying, listen, we've had enough. Stop mm. playing with us. Back off. Which is very rare compared to a lot of other African leaders who are still sucking up to the powers that be. <laughs> and now China. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. China, China is the least of our problem. Oh, okay. I mean, we'll get back to that one. I'd like mm. to hear about that. Because <laughs> um, we did briefly talk about, about China uh, in, was it even episode two? Very, very early on. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. check that out if you haven't. All right. So, in terms of uh, the situation today, because I think you've touched on that, Ozzy, mm. we are not unified within these fake nations that we're putting two together. We uh, don't seem to have leadership that, as far as I'm, I can see, we don't have leadership that is has pointed at a way forward, provided a vision for a lot of these countries. We're going to skip like Rwanda because I think that's a bit of a special case, right? But in general, in Africa, do we feel like we have that? Is there someone people point at and say, you know what? Yeah, we're following that guy. And it doesn't have to be politically. It's more about just the progress of Africa. So, of course, it's yeah, a political yeah, element, but that's definitely. not it primarily. Yeah. What definitely. What do you think about that? Are there any people who come to mind? Because I don't know anybody. Yeah. 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 No. A lot of a lot of people, and it it mm-hmm. kind of it's it's tough to to generalize and you know call it this country or that country because essentially they don't exist in our you know in our thought pattern. It's it's when you look at how our ethnicities work in those tribes and those sub-tribes, there are significant people doing the right thing who are really pushing forward a status quo that others are now learning about. And they're like, oh, okay, I can live like that. I can choose to to monetize things, you know, in a sense, and learn from others, learn from the issues that are pertain to us. The challenge that happens is when we choose to look at exemplars and case studies from Europe or from America Mm. or from Australia. Like those are not applicable to us. So we need to study what's happening on our own land. What are doing all our research, doing all the surveys, doing all the, the data collection that can really give us a picture of what was happening yesterday, what is happening today and what can happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did say there's, there's people. Can you name a few? Okay. For me, one of my greatest heroes was Tomas Sankara. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I knew Sankara somebody was going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it his birthday not too long ago? But yeah. Mm-hmm. Sankara. Yeah, Sankara is- you, know, you know Tomas Sankara, who, because of his dream and his hope for his people, mm-hmm. Let's say it. He got murdered. Yeah, yeah, we know this. 
Assassination. And I think on today we opened the case recently and no, the the guy who wasn't it the guy who betrayed him, who's who's now being tried by international court. But anyway, don't quote me on that. I think I saw something okay. like that. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, but we want to get them the other. Can we get the other people, you, you know, know, try to, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They can come to yeah. Another another name which is uh, quite controversial on the international scene, but not to me personally, so you can come at me if you want. I really admired the efforts of Muammar Gaddafi. What? How did you <laughs> you people, you you people and your Pan Africanist leaders, you're going to get us in trouble. Literally, I was like, no, that, I, I get it. I mean, the little that I did understand, especially about the time after the aftermath after he died, yeah. um, and really understanding some of these, like the vision he had. Yes, he was mm-hmm. a visionary. Mm-hmm. Now he did he did some bad things. He did some bad things. Nobody's oh, saying yeah. he did. No, no, no. We're not Fine. romanticizing, but but um, there is that. I mean, and you. Are answering my question directly who are the visionaries right who are the people who are this is what i foresee for us this is what we can work towards and uniting black people african people towards mm-hmm. you know um something that you know is better than where we are today and is centered around us not centered around whiteness or or europeanness or anything else when you look at other cultures uh, I'm going to use that loosely races cultures whatever and you see how they have done what would you say would you say one that we okay when you if we were right if we were in the middle of a race which position are we if this was a race on a track a sprint um, minus one. five number one <laughs> minus five we, we are have still been we will always be because one. every time we start to even try to cross the start line even. Maybe sometimes some countries, and I'm talking as a whole, maybe there's some countries who have crossed the start line, who are, you know, getting to first position. I'm talking about places like Nigeria, whoever. But then there's other countries, every time they take one step forward, they get pushed five steps backwards. Mm. Places like the Congo, for instance. Another person, another name I was thinking about was Patrice Lumumba. Mm-hmm. He had his own vision. This is a thing. We are not united by vision. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the African countries I know whose um, politics I somewhat follow or have a little bit of an understanding of, they tend not to, you look at the politics, people are not talking about policy and stuff like that. People are usually talking about just trashing each other's tribe. It's, it's annoying. But yeah, it is a thing. We know this. And then the rest are dictators. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So we don't really have we don't actually have a culture, in my opinion, a lot of African countries don't have a culture of shared vision. They don't have a culture of this could be us. And I think this was deliberately done. That's, I think it, 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 it persists. It persists. I to differ in a way, in a way like... Mm, speak on it. You know, because when I look at who we are, even when we, when we leave that homestead, we're so strongly rooted in our culture, like there's that, that natural aura that radiates from us that's deeply ingrained in us. And you sound like you're sending perfume. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Next fragrance of our soul. You have Hello. a naked oh, oh, model. He, he said he was a poet, but I love that. The no, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a very sexy ad. 
<laughs> someone smelling looking like they smell good because it adds i find visual ads for perfumes very funny because i'm just like you can't smell <laughs> maybe yeah. the set that you pretty. feel it you're like yeah you yeah so they it. use your you know, okay entice so, you. so see see here's the scene lupita nyongo uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes yes auntie luke auntie luke, <laughs> auntie luke walking hey. around feeling it's fresh Smelling, uh-huh. looking like she smells good. Uh-huh. Yes. Feeling themselves. You know, you know basically the scent of freedom. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the scent of freedom. Yeah. Mm. It will have notes of Madagascar vanilla. Yeah. Uh, Kenyan tea tree. I'm yeah. thinking about African Ghanaian cocoa, cocoa butter. Mm. Hey. I have some Sudanese sandalwood uh. up in there. Oh, yes. Look at that. So, that's what I'm saying. Yo. It's up to us. It's up to us to just to feel that. And it comes down to us as an individual, you know, how we choose to live, who we choose to be. Mm-hmm. Collectively, we'll come together and people will start to realize that the homestead is where we lie. How will we come together? Education. By who? Education. We need to educate our people. Ourselves. Ourselves, so, what we know right now, what we're doing, this is this is perfect. You know, this is an example. Uh-huh. And there's other means, other ways that we can reach our people uh-huh. and create. Because like when I when I think about like in architecture, for example, one of the things that I dream of doing is realizing the code of how we construct buildings in Uganda to suit that more to us. Because right now we're using the British standards. Concrete and, and sand. That, yeah. And so that in itself educates generations on generations mm-hmm. on structure, on how to design for our climate, for our people. How do we then push that to a, to a people who are so far away? Because right now, physically, we're also far away. And we feel like we're separated in a sense from, from the homeland. And this is a challenge I'm sure we all face on a daily basis. But that's something I could also pose to you. Like, how do we bridge that link? I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel that that is, this is just my personal opinion, but that is one of the things that may be holding us from moving forward as a continent mm. is brain drain. Yeah. I mean, so people leaving the continent, people for leaving greener pastures, the, 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 yeah, greener pastures, and so basically for, for for political reasons, for social economic reasons, for educational mm. reasons, yeah. just for the quote unquote, basically marketing of a better life outside mm. of Africa. I like what and you call it marketing. Good point. Yeah, yeah, you're selling yeah. that yeah. for us. Yeah. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. um, Ozzy said something about uh, having conversations like these being educational. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, if you're listening, pass on this episode to somebody else. Share mm-hmm. with them and educate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Participate in the conversation and tweet us or Instagram us, whatever the heck you want to do. Yeah. Get in touch with us and give us your ideas and share with us. Now, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is history. This is his story. This is history. 
this is his story Yeah Jerome This is history This is his story This is history Alright. Yeah, welcome back. I like that this one's throwing gang signs as if anybody can see. This is audio, my friend. <laughs> audio, not video. <laughs> and which gang signs? We don't know of any uh, big gang mm. in Australia. Could yeah, be fun, yeah. man. Could be fun. Could be fun. Okay, Say so. So let mm. us think about the future. We've talked a little bit about the situation now, mm. some of the countries that are doing well and what do you and you know? I, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't forget to talk about Wakanda because that is one vision of prosperous yes. African now nation. Now I'm throwing Wakanda signs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Wakanda had its issues. Remember, they hid their wealth. They didn't help others. They just kept everything to themselves. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, you're right. No, you're right. Because the Swiss, because nobody complained when the Swiss said we're, we're staying neutral. We're not fighting. Mm-hmm. We're not picking sides. But, hello. Who who wrote who wrote Wakanda? Wasn't it some a white guy? Are you sure? A white guy. Hmm. It was okay. written by a white guy. Okay. I think. I mean, initially, I think that later on, it's written by black people. So uh, our vision, our vision's got to be bigger. It's a lot deeper than than just a bunch of fancy things flying around, man. Mm. Yeah, that mentality that what we're living for is some kind of aspiration of wealth has never really been our basic goal, our fundamental goal, mm. and the more we move our attention towards something more holistic, something that is family-oriented, that is starting from within the home, within the household itself, then I feel like there's more of a propulsion towards where we want to be. Okay, that is an interesting thing. I would actually really like to hear from our listeners what they think about that. Because, you know, I, I just look at how we've been having issues for a minute <laughs> and we still do. And it's always like concerning to see how, how much I don't want to say infighting, but maybe that's a good term. We have that. No, people are not pausing to think, hold up. Like it could, it could be good for everybody. And also defining what good looks like, what success or progress looks mm-hmm. like for us mm-hmm. from an African a decolonized mind, right? Because a lot of the time we're looking at things from ca- the capitalist lens, which still supports white supremacy, but I'm not going to go into that. That deserves five episodes. It's, it's alone. A whole- <laughs> but, but, but we've got that, we've got our mentality to fight, right? Our own mentality. Mm-hmm. We all have to go through that process individually. Oh, yeah. um, it would be great to have leaders who give us vision, etc. And to be honest, I feel like Africa is ripe for some kind of pan-Africanist revolution, unlike the rest of the world. Mm. That's true. I, my, my personal opinion, I'm like, yeah. if there's somewhere where that can work, so when I say pan-Africanist, sorry, what I, mean, I just mean like pan in general, right? That kind of thing I feel like could work in Africa, less so in Asia, you know, because they've got these distinct groups that they've kind of preserved. Mm. And to be honest, they're kind of kicking ass in this whole westernized to be fair, they're, they're doing their thing, you know, like they've yeah. got their internal production, everything. I look at Japan, yeah. if you look at places like they, they're so internal, like they're yeah. closed off, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they, you go there, you're speaking Japanese. I don't care what you say. 
No, but even look at the industry. Look at the products yeah. released that don't even make it to the rest of the world, but they only use within. The they have their own economy. You no, know? but before we move forward to that, I just want to take it back a second because I had some responses to some comments. You know, you guys had made. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We were discussing Wakanda and who had, it was written by, mm. and it was actually very disheartening to me mm. on a psychological mm. level. Why? Because here came this, uh, let's say, we're, we're now speaking hypothetically and in terms of fiction. Mm. Black Panther came out and Black people all over the world were celebrating it like, oh, wow, finally a Black hero, whatever. And <sighs> it did instill a sense of pride in them. Like, mm. wow. But mm. then I feel like the writers were like, Mm-mm, we have to knock these people down a little bit. Guess mm. what? Next movie, I'm saying this because I'm a big Marvel fan. Endgame comes and they destroy Wakanda. <laughs> Wait. It was the battleground. No, I, I get that, but they didn't necessarily destroy Wakanda, but yes, it was a battleground. No, in the comic destroyed. books, spoilers, in the comic books, they didn't destroy <laughs> So we, I, I, we should have That's given really a spoiler good. alert. But in the comic books, actually, Wakanda is gone. At least in, in, in the Marvel universe we still have falcon and the winter soldier and wakanda is doing its thing right those ones are useless uh, yeah. yeah exactly winter soldier for who but i hear what you're saying i hate <laughs> I, I, when i heard that i hated it yeah i don't like the winter soldier yeah. no, I didn't, but then even that psychologically right that was point number one to aussie's statement mm. the next one the next point i was going to make was to yours norma Jean, and mm-hmm. i very much agree that we do need leaders. We do need people, visionaries, who are going to help us just build that picture we want to see. But mm-hmm. then at the same turn of it, I'm someone who believes that we shouldn't be waiting for heroes. We should find the heroes in ourselves. Right. We should actually be raising our own African children to be visionaries, to inspire them and let them let their Christ minds Christ. go wild. Let's not imprison their minds and put them in boxes and say, you have to be like this, you have to do this, because we are actually limiting the future visionaries from becoming. Agreed. Uh, look at Agreed. you. Look at this visionary talking with no, vision. This is very true. <laughs> look this at you. You know what? I was going to burst yeah. into song. I was going to say, <laughs> I can be your hero, baby. Hey, hey, and let's let's back back. No, that's actually, no, I had I a different song in my head. My head was Shosholosa, Shosholosa, Ita Sultana. I know the words though. I don't know why I only know the remix now. Ita Sultana. You know, but I don't even know that language, but that I just feel that song in the heart. I'm like, yeah, that song. Find the words, mm. man. Yo, no, but on that point, Ria, that was that's exactly it, you know. And it's 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 just coming back to that. It starts within the household. Mm-hmm. The way we're raising our kids, the way we're teaching them how to empower themselves, teaching them how to be better people inside, and also teaching them their language. The vernacular is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've really lost out when it comes to language. We really lost our languages. Okay, that, that that sounds really good. I think in closing, I want to ask you guys a question. Since you are 
Rhea, you're like, yeah, we need to be our own heroes. Well, this is the time. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to be a hero. What is your vision for Africa and the people in the diaspora? Autonomy, freedom of thought, freedom of expression, and mm-hmm. more importantly, freedom to be angry. People usually think that anger is a necessarily a negative thing, mm. but I feel that anger can drive people. They can use it as fuel to want to take their land back, to want to take power of their own destinies and not have it pre-written for them. I think in closing, I'm just going to quote, there's this African quote that I absolutely love and live by. Mm-hmm. And it's like, until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Mm-hmm. That's by Chinua Achabe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Chinua. Yeah. Just, Bless her. Yeah. Bless Thumping her. my chest there. You didn't see Bring that. But out. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Love my that. Drop. What about you, Ozzy? No, it's, it comes down to us at the end of the day. Right now, Africa is the youngest continent. Mm-hmm. In countries like Uganda, you have a minimum a- average age of like 19. We need to understand 16, what actually. our Yeah, 16 now. Mm-hmm. That has literally dropped in the past eight years. The way that we understand the world, the way that we understand what our worth is, needs to evolve from simply thinking that we are black, we are African, we are this, but understanding that we are the creators themselves. We are the crux, we are the beginning of of time. And if we learn to empower that within others and also educate them, when we come into contact with them, we teach them our lessons, we tell them, hey, this is how we live. But first we've got to live like that ourselves. So let's keep passing on these messages. Let's keep doing things like this. Living that that message is the most essential thing because yeah. others see that. They they learn from us. We are the role models for the world. Mm. And we need to take that up and be a part of that. Snap, snap, snap. Poetry. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much for sharing. For me, I think whether it ends up looking like Wakanda or whatever, I don't really care, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We might end up in Mars anyway, because global warming is coming. That's a whole other story. Whatever it ends up looking like, I think something that I have had to personally deal with and learn and unlearn, relearn, et cetera, et cetera, is the inferiority complex that we have and the lack mm. of pride. We don't look at ourselves. You look at you look at Nigerians, they have this unified oh. pride, even though amongst themselves, maybe, you know, they have their differences, but they they're like outside the Nigerians, they, they love mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. South Africans are another group that are like that. Um, mm-hmm. Botswana as well. A lot of other African countries, they don't really have that bond. Whatever brings the bond about, I don't really know, but we don't really have a sense of pride in who we are. We don't see ourselves as just as equally valid or even more so because sometimes I think there's room for ha- to have a delusion to put yourself at the top if it, if that's what helps you move forward you know what I'm saying it's fine um, and if you don't know what I'm saying I'm sorry I'm not going to explain it right now but <laughs> manifest the reality absolutely but we have to we're going to have to start up here and I feel like for my my vision is a people who despite their differences 
and the challenges in our history, in our past, are people who love themselves and are proud enough to say, you know what? We love ourselves enough and our future that we will, you know, setting our foundation for the next chapter of being an African in the diaspora or in Africa. Whatever it ends up looking like, is, is, it doesn't really matter. But how we feel about ourselves, I think, to me, is key. Yeah. Um, and I've come to a place where I'm just like, I love myself. There's nothing... You can say whatever you want to say. People can say whatever they want to say about Africa because I'm like myself. I know myself. And also I look at how our people have persevered through all whatever crap. Now we mm-hmm. still have a lot of problems and we still have a long way to go, but we're still here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're still they put here. Us in the ground, but they didn't the seats. Because mm, let me tell you, if we end up surpassing whoever by whatever measure, you know, if you're selling at the back, with the underdogs. So I want to see that underdog hate. story come to life. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here, but it'll be nice to see that. You'll be the one to do it. I'm doing my part. Absolutely. That's it. I'm doing my That's part. Yeah. And with that, I want to encourage everybody to do their part, whatever little thing you're doing. If you're a parent, you know, raising your kids with pride to love themselves. Yeah. It's not loving themselves at the expense of others or love themselves so you can hate others. Just love yourself. Mm. Loving yourself has got nothing to do with hating others it's all to do with yourself Mm. and how you see yourself Mm. yeah mic drop um anywho let's leave it there (laughs) (laughs) we got things to do places to be lives to change impacts to make so um let's go do our thing this has been you know really positive and uh, interesting one i think we'll have ozzy on again look at you mr poet philosopher hey london Hey. Yeah, like, hey, I like this landed Africans. Yeah. <laughs> Smart people. They read yeah. their books. Hmm? Uh, no, they read their books. Much. But really, thank you so much. You can find us at Diaspora Articles on Twitter, at Diaspora Articles Pod on Instagram. Ozzy, how are they going to find you? Tell them about yourself and some of the amazing things that you do. Oh, blessings on blessings, yo. You can hit me up on the Instagram thing at Aussie Jarrell Music on the Facebook, same name. Yo, anytime, just reach out. You can go into my website, which is AussieJarrellMusic.com. On there, you can see all of my music, all of my poetry, all my merch. That's the, mm-hmm. hey, man, straight from Uganda, hello. hello. It's coming hey. in, it's coming in, you know? So we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're slowly infiltrating the market here you know now i've got some of my uh some of my workmates they all wear dashikis on on fridays really dashiki fridays yeah yeah that. yeah they're straight up you know so they love it and it's it's just a way of celebrating the culture and saying yo this is this is us currently working on um, a couple of projects i have an ep coming out hopefully next month it's a four-track ep oh wow videos coming as well you know, season two of OJ Talks is coming out next month. So it's and coming. Making moves, making moves. Straight okay, okay. Love you it. guys heard, but <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. Oh, and check out Ozzy's song, Cash. I still listen. That's in my workout playlist. <laughs> yeah, my workout yeah. playlist is where energy comes song. out. That yeah. song is fire. You were yeah. told. Oof, better listen oof, oof, oof. we'll like. put a link to that on all our socials thank you so much we appreciate you thank you for joining us thank you for listening share this podcast with your friends let us know what you think how are you making progress what are you doing in your day-to-day life to move us forward as a people and with that I'm going to bid you adieu bye-bye bye-bye Peace. take care uh, blessings bye-bye
Blessings and violence. <laughs> <laughs>